Hey Achievers, this is Maya, founder of Healthy High Achievers. Join our global community and create healthier routines to avoid burnout and feel more calm and healthy. Let's get to it. Hey Achievers, welcome back to this expert interview. I'm so excited to be talking to Tom Meyers. We're actually both from Belgium and do we ever speak our own language, Flemish, Dutch, Tom? I think we tried a few times we, we always seem to fall back on English <laughs> feels weird feels weird we're both like we've lived abroad uh, I'm living abroad so uh, English is always at first I guess we just lived for a long time in English in Spanish in other languages and uh, here we are in the world of Zoom you're in Belgium in well close to Brussels right indeed yes yeah, just at the outskirts outskirts of Brussels center. all right so, uh, yes I'm here in Peru and hey, Tom is really, he's a great osteopath. He's a body centered stress coach, author of Futurize Yourself and, you know, Futurize Yourself. That's what we're going to talk about today. And it's really about that future thinking, right? That helps you take those actions, decisions to have a good life, create a great future for yourself. And I think it's so crucial that we talk about this today because with everything that's going on, the pandemic, and also just the online world that's absorbing us right now. I hear so many members of Healthy High Achievers complain about how they, how they cannot find their focus, how it's hard because basically the brain got trained to be constantly distracted by notifications and urgent things in the now, right? And it's, it's important to talk about that future because it got so difficult for us to talk about it. So I want our achievers to walk away with something specific they can start doing today. But first, I wanted to ask you, Tom, you have a very personal story that led you to write your book, Futurize Yourself. And the whole story is in there, by the way. It's a great book. I love how you combine that personal story with questions for people to reflect on, kind of like coaching questions, right? So could you tell us a bit about what brought you to that point of existential crisis in your 30s and creating the concept of futurize yourself? Yeah, how many hours do we have? Well, um, in no, a I nutshell, to, you know, yeah, if they want to read the whole story, they can buy the book. Yeah, it's really great. <laughs> yes. Um, as you said, and first of all, thank you for inviting me to your Healthy Achievers uh, podcast. Um, fact is that today I'm an osteopath, body center stress coach, author, speaker, multi-potentialite, well-being futurist, and you can go on uh, for a while. But let's say that 21 years ago, I was considered good for nothing. I had, I started a gourmet deli selling charcuterie and cheese because of my catering background. Uh, before that shop, I worked in hotels, restaurants, on a cruise ship as a sommelier waiter. Going back further, I actually have a diploma as a chef cuisine. So the question is already, how did I end up with a shop? Well, it was after many travels around the world, working in England, working on a cruise ship, traveling, backpacking, that I came back to live in Belgium and 
I didn't really know what to do next. It was one of these moments where you say from now, what's next? I've, I'm 28, I've seen the world, done it all, got the t-shirt and now, and that's the moment when a friend of mine called, when I had been away for eight years, he had been uh, set up a very successful gourmet deli treter. And he wanted to expand. He knew I didn't have a job. We had the same education. I was a friend of a family and they thought from, well, maybe Tommy is the ideal candidate to help us expand. And of course, when that phone call came, it's like God sent. Yes, yeah, suddenly the universe is aligned and Tom, here you are. This is what you should do the rest of your life. And yeah, accepted it without really thinking about it further. Uh, seems a good idea. My friend also had a big BMW, big motorbike as well, a big house, nice wife, kid, esteem in the community, and I had nothing. Um, and I thought from what he can have, I can have as well. And well, not even, I think not even six months later, I opened the shop on 9999. That was the particular day. It was a Thursday. I opened the shop. Uh, and two months later, I was depressed, suicidal. Um, I actually thought it was much later, but when I look into my diaries, I can find already that you know my state of mind uh, had very fastly deteriorated to a point where I thought from now here I had this big gift sent to me everything was aligned and boom but everything collapsed under me it's like the carpet was rushed out of me because it didn't work I didn't feel well um, there was not enough clients a new bigger um, supermarket was being opened right into the street where I had my gourmet deli so everything was going haywire for me. How could this be? How could this be that you get this big present and suddenly, boom, it's gone again? You know, it's like, it was devastating, but at the same time, you know, life had not been easy. And I had many of these moments from, from oh, great, and then boom, down, great, boom, down. And, and I thought from, well, if this is life, I don't really want it. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. It's like, life must make sense have meaning somewhere you need to be able to grow into something better than yourself and all i could see was none of that i could only see myself deteriorating uh in pain in ang you know in anxiety and if that was the rest of my life that might have been very good for my mother who has always been ill and you know that doesn't seem to bother her too much she was continuing to live and she was going to fight on um but i didn't i i didn't want that i felt from it makes no sense to me so i decided to step out of life but luckily uh i started to talk about my problems i was 29 i'd never ever talked about any of my previous problems and i stopped to talk about to the pharmacist who became a good friend and she 
yeah, she was the first person that I feel confident to talk to and she was listening. And one day she came into my shop and here you are, Tom, uh, I have this phone number uh, with the name on it, Elena Rutzart, and she's going to help you. And there also stood on their astrologer. <laughs> and it's like, come on, that's for desperate people. That is not for me. Uh, and she said, from, you know, I'm giving you the number. You do whatever you want with it. I think she can help you. And one month or so later, I called the number and made an appointment because desperate needs, you know, desperate measures, I suppose, desperate need, desperate measures. And okay, I was given it by a good source. And yeah, this lady never predicted my future. That's not the astrology she practiced. It was more psychology or coaching, uh, life coaching. Well, you have to think back 21 years ago, life coaching did not exist. You're, what you're doing today, nobody did that. Nobody was there really to 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 help you except for the psychologist or psychiatrist and that was good for my mother and i was not sick because i didn't consider myself even if i was having this suicidal depression i didn't consider myself sick mm, yeah well and so uh, that was for other people and also to seek help psychologically would mean that i am like my mother which was no 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 i'm not like her at all so there was like these lots of barriers and lots of um, you know, concepts that today we can talk openly about it, but then it was very uh, close still. Anyway, what Elena did with me was, in a way, in three sessions, three things. One, revisit my past in a way that I could get a new perspective on my experiences. We are full of limiting beliefs. One of them, as I said before, I was considered good for nothing and with my shop failing, I proved it once and for all to myself, what everybody had said, said about me that he's good for nothing, he's never gonna make it. There you go, I proved it to myself, it's true, so why continue to go on? Um, so she helped me to revisit my past and to see it from a different perspective, which opened up a whole new world of possibilities. It's not that you, be have been good at nothing that you can't become good at something but what could you become good at that was the second session in a way was the qu questions that led to finding my potential and these three questions um let me go quickly through them and also when people are watching this on the video i've gotten prepared Ooh, look at that. <laughs> people if you're on the podcast hop over to youtube because this visual man this is something <laughs> yeah uh i prepared a little bit so that we can go through it with ease uh so three questions that i got was what do you admire in others what do people admire about you and what have you done so far when you're thought i wish i could do this forever what do you admire in others that was or that came from the fact that I always talked about my friends as better than me. They were the, the gods, they were incredible, mm. and I was nothing. I had a very low self-esteem. And she said, but in what are they better, Tom? Describe me in what are they better? And then the second question that they, what she asked me, said, okay, um, 
why do people come to you and not your friends? Hey, imagine these friends of yours and you and other people around you. Why do they come to you specifically, but don't go to the other friends that you have? And also I started to reflect on that. And um, the third question, so I had done a lot in my life. So there are moments where you say, from, oh, I wish I could do this forever. Um, while my shop was failing, I also tried to make a business uh, selling wine. So I thought, well, maybe I should, with my wine experience from on the cruise ship and in working in a, in a wine shop in England, I should create a course on how to taste wine. So I created a course. And this is like in the beginning of internet. You could not go onto the internet today and Google say, okay, let's find this information. Now I had to go to, to get books and I had to research and I had to put this all together, create um, sort of a course, a text, and I had to present it. And I must admit, even though I had never done this before, I really felt at home. The creation of the course, the researching, and then eventually when I gave the presentation, the feedback was, and then we come back to that second question, it's like uh, people said from, hey, how many times have you given this uh, presentation? I said, mm. oh, it's the first time. Yeah. No, no, that can't be possible that this is the first time. It's like so natural to you. And so people, so that second question, you can also see it from, you know, what if people commended you for what you'd say from, well, you know, uh, yeah, I've done this before, but it feels like I've done this forever. Yeah, and those compliments, and we often wipe them away. We're like, oh yeah, but you know, things that come naturally to us, it, those are things that we just don't really think about, that we don't realize we're good at because it kind of becomes like a blind spot, right? Our biggest talents are that blind spot that just, it's normal for us. And sometimes we think everyone's good at it until we get those compliments from other people. I'm like, mm, so maybe this is something specific to me and something I am good at, maybe better than others. Yeah, and exactly what you need to do. And that was that kind of first session with Elena is that she taught me to ask that question that you're just asking, because there are many people out there that not even ask the question from, oh, maybe this is a talent that I have. Mm. Because they are not looking for the talent. If you're not looking for something, you don't really ask the questions. And that is, of course, also interesting in the futurization concept. We are not asking the questions about the future <laughs> enough. And if we're not asking about the future, or what, what, uh, what would I like the future to look like? Or what would it, you know, uh, what the future do I want or don't want? We don't, don't ask these questions. So how? And because we're not asking the questions, we're also not finding certain solutions or we're not going to find the benefit of these questions. Yeah, and it's so, and, I can see my achievers just sitting there listening and I'm loving this. And I, I can hear them thinking, you know, when you're a high achiever, when you're a perfectionist and you're just often being hard on yourself, right? You know what you're somehow good at, you know, you think you know what you should be doing. But then you try something and I love your story of just, you know, okay, what comes next? And then jumping into a big project, then it fails or you get depressed. And then at any age, really, that was in your late 20s. But at any age, it's just like, hey, let me come back to these three questions, ask myself the right questions, right? Not beat myself up, 
not just go for the most practical thing that there is because this is your life you're talking about and this is what you're talking about here futurizing or finding your purpose is really hey okay what's that blind spot here what am i really good at that maybe i don't realize i'm good at so i feel like these three questions are questions that you can ask yourself over and over again at different points in your life because it might change you might have new insights you change the per person yeah definitely and so i found out that with these three questions that there was a therapist in me a communicator a teacher a researcher and a traveler Multi-potential. <laughs> no, but at the, at the end of the day, I was selling charcuterie and cheese. Yeah, so it's a very when you come in confrontation. So I had found that, and I had resonated with this potential, and then it was you know my stories that I had written around it were discussed, and then these were filtered out, and that is only when the time when she pointed it out in the astrology chart uh, and the significance of it. Um, but it's a it's a strange thing to happen to you that you see from, hey, suddenly you have this other view. And this is why your job is so essential. I could not have done that by myself. I could not even have come up with the questions. I was in a crisis situation. Already a crisis means stress and stress makes you only think about now. And it makes you think about um, you know, problems in a way from a past perspective yeah absolutely but not from not not from a future's perspective because the brain does allow you to think too much about the future because that's dangerous um so we you, we often need this second person to allow us and to show us to, re, to to reflect from another perspective that we just don't take naturally absolutely and i feel like that's so important even people like me i used to think i'm very self-reflective i'm i reflect i journal since my childhood i'm i i don't have blind spots right i can coach myself but the moment i truly got coached i was like wow you know? yeah. there are everyone every coach needs, needs a coach every person has blind spots and especially, like you say, when you're in that state of crisis, of stress, of just kind of um, feeling down, let down by life, feeling disappointed in life, in yourself, hard on yourself, that's when that, yeah, that other person's perspective and the questions that that person asks, you don't come up with those yourself. No. And so... You know, so we have this potential now. You have to situate my you know, situation, and then so my business is failing, money's going down. You know, I'm I'm not well in my skin. And then she's asking this last question um, before I went home on the second session. Uh, she says, "From okay now, envision an ideal day in ten years' time." <laughs> it's like, how is that even possible? Why is that even relevant? Yeah, what? you know, thinking about the future, I've got problems now. I know I have potential, but my problems are now, not in the future. Um, and it, I had four weeks to resolve this question before the next appointment. And it was the, again, like so around the third week that I said, I better do my homework because <laughs> the good thing was, uh, for me anyway, the good thing was I was scared of her. 
I was scared of her, even, you know, just from her looking at her physically, she was a scary, she is a scary woman. Um, no, let's say intimidating. It's more okay, intimidating. Yeah. I was intimidated by her, not scary, of course not scary, intimidated. And so, and, and because of the coaching, the coaching is getting you out of your comfort zone, which is not easy. So, if I didn't do my homework, you know, I felt like, you know, she would hit me, but not you know, physically, but really, you know, dig into my, why didn't you do that? Or, you know, she would be quite severe with me. I, that's my, that's my imagination. And it might not have been true, uh, but I felt like intimidating as if I better do it. And so in brief, I was reflecting upon that and said, okay, you know, you can be good at something. You don't have to stay good at nothing. You have found this potential in, and at the end of the day, what do you want? I, you want to feel content, fulfilled and healthy. You want to have meaning in your life you want, or a purpose. You want to, you know, you want to be able to adapt, be resilient. You want a good life. You want to be meaningful for other people and all of that. And, and I said, okay, if I'm born with this potential, of a therapist and a, and a researcher and a communicator, wouldn't it make sense that I put this into a life if I start doing these things? So I created a story in which I am a global therapist who has developed his own approach, which is the research part, who has written a book about it, it's a communication part, and gives presentations and workshops. That's who you are now. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> so I made that true. Um, it took me a bit more than 10 years, but everything was in place 10 years ago. And then about 14 years later, I was standing on a stage in Italy, um, telling my story, telling the, the approach that I developed, the reset approach. And, you know, there was like a, a joyous bunch of Italians, really, you know, demonstrative, you know, Tom, 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 you know. Uh, <laughs> and it's like you're standing on this stage, you know, being cheered on. Uh, and that was when I realized, how did I get here? Uh. And it's, that is the moment that I realized I have to write this down. Yeah, I, I was suicidal, depressed, found my and so the whole story that is what um, I started to write down. So it was, I think, about 2014, and then you know, 2015, 16, then 17. Yeah, so it was published in 2018. But so the first drafts were made on that moment, and then, and then what happened? was that I was writing this book about my story and find your potential and envision the future 10 years from now and then start to backtrack to today. And I watched a video on Gert Leonard, which is a futurist, very famous Swiss futurist, who says in the next 10 to 20 years, there will be more changes than the last 300. And suddenly I panicked because how was my reader going to be able to 
to visualize a future 10 years from that day, knowing that there will be more changes than the last 100 to 200 years. Mm. And had my book still value? Was it still meaningful? For me, it was like, it's all bullshit. Sorry to say that, sorry. Um, I really felt like this meaning and purpose is this fast changing world with, with digitization at, and then this automation, robotization. What, what, what has it, this find your purpose, your, your meaning? What is that, has that still got room? So I bought his book, um, Technology versus Humanity, and Gert Leonard is a, a humanist. So luckily in his book, I found this is the most essential thing we can do to take happenstance out of happiness, to create the future we want on purpose. And so I continued writing another chapter into the book about this experience and about, hey, but I just did that. <laughs> you know, that what, you know, reflecting on the past new perspective, finding my potential and projecting it to the future. In fact, I futurized myself <laughs> before that even was a word in a, in a way of thinking. I actually did what he was suggesting for businesses to do, but I did it on a personal level. Mm. And this is how Futurize Yourself um, got its title. And also the book changed um, dimensions to something that I was unable to predict beforehand. And that is so beautiful when you just reflect on it. You think, where do I want to be? You know, you visualize that future. And in the end, you saw, because you were on that stage, people were cheering at you and you just saw that, hey, somehow I did it, you know? Because when we put that destination into our mental GPS, we find a way to get there. You know, there are a million ways to get there or to get to some version of it, or it might change a bit on the way and that's fine, you know? But it's, you have that purpose, you have that direction and the actions that you take are so much more valuable on the journey. You just feel your worth right because it's worth something because you're working towards that bigger vision so the whole journey every day of your life just becomes more meaningful in that sense and i just want you you said something that i would love you to uh elaborate a bit on because i think it's it's important for people to understand why is it that our brain thinks that the future or thinking about the future is danger i believe it comes from an evolutionary um concept because evolution stress response for example the stress response is always about immediate and physical danger it's about the danger in front of you it's about that getting away from that saber-toothed tiger that's a problem now and you know and that is what we are faced with and so we're coming from thousands, hundred thousands of years, really um, developing into more uh, need of survival of the physical dangers of, you know, 
the of our environment. But slowly through the industrial revolution and to now, we have become more uh, faced with psychosocial stress, which is not dangerous for your in, in, in the sense of your immediate death. Um, but we're still using the same principles, with just the same uh, response. But this response is not only a physical response. Okay? It's not because you're in, when you're in the middle of the road and there is a car coming, okay, you need to jump. What you shouldn't do is to think about, oh, what a nice car, but I prefer it in red. Um, because it's too late. Yeah, so there is also things changing in your brain. Now, so in the example I gave, that is reflecting in that moment. Well, you should not reflect. <laughs> and you should also not think about the next meal you're going to have, the next meeting you're going to have. No, it's about instant flight and flight. Mm. So what is happening in the brain, there is, there is changes, uh, also changes of vascularization that redirects the glucose towards the more primitive brain and away from the parts of the brain that can think about the future. So from an evolutionary level, we have only been concerned about today and surviving tomorrow. We never really had to think about the future. And, but the problem today is that neither the past nor the present, but the future has become the key to our existence. We, we, most of, our, of us are living in a way that we are not in immediate danger. But if we don't change our behavior, then the consequences of that are so dramatic that the whole of humanity is at stake. So the real danger has become the future but the future doesn't exist and is created by the decisions, the choices and the actions we make, which we can still steer in the direction that we avoid catastrophe, that we can create it in the direction of the future we want to have and avoid the ones we don't want to have until a certain let's say, a limit, yeah? because mm -hmm. we've gone a bit too far for climate change. So we, we are hoping that we can stay under the one and a half degrees and not more. We still control that through our decision source and actions. But if we keep on being reactive, that is the stress response. It's a reactive response, action, reaction. It's too late. Mm. So we need to be proactive as well at the same time yeah so we're it's in that reactive state we're in that fight or flight because there are so many daily stressors um and if there are no stressors we create the stressors right we're being perfectionists that are in ourselves and so we need to the key really is to think about the future and futurize yourself but it's hard to get there to focus on that when you're stuck in the middle of the daily stressors and just um, running away from that tiger. And um, 
So one last question for you is, if we know that to futurize ourselves, that is the key. That is what we need to be doing. What could help us to make that switch in our brain to just be able to think about the future more and dive into that real purpose to take those daily actions towards something that matters? Well, one of the things I can do is that I contact you <laughs> to coach yes. them through it. <laughs> I don't, you, know, some, you know, you are not alone. The, the, you know, the people that are watching or listening to this, you are not alone. We all have our talents. We all have our limiting beliefs. And sometimes we need help to get out of that, to get that new perspective. But also if, for example, you know, we, we're, we're living in a, in a, in a pandemic, yeah, and which is creating a lot of turmoil. Now, to give an example, what you, you know, and if this is stressing you, you know, if this is really saying, from, oh, this, is, this, is, this creates anxiety in this here and now, it's going to happen. I don't know what my tomorrow is going to look like. Okay, then stop, breathe a few times. And I believe um, not the last person on this podcast, but the previous one, your Irish friends, you know, he gave some good exercise on how to calm yeah, yeah, uh, during yeah, yeah. the podcast. So, you know, if you want a calming uh, exercise, go back to that pot yeah. that That's, episode. Um, Declan Trainer who talks about you no know, yeah. time to exercise and just really yeah. So, so you go back to him, uh, and after that exercise, you start to imagine. Okay, but by when can I think that the world will be into a new normal? Yes. So you can imagine, okay, we are 2022. That may, that, yeah, by 2025, this must be over. Yeah. This, we should have, uh, we should have been able to control the, the, the virus or, or be able to live with it. So it doesn't influence us as it influences today. Okay. So imagine we are 2025 and say, okay, what do you want in 2025? How do you want to feel? Uh, what do you want that 2025 to look like? What are you doing? You know, and that, what, that ideal day, what would be an ideal day in 2025? And to say from, okay, that will be the ideal day. And the new, again, the closer you are to putting your potential into that ideal day, that what you're born to be, what you have as, as qualities you can develop, and the closer you will get to actually feeling the way you want to feel. And that is to be content, fulfilled, and healthy. That's the basis. So imagine that 2025, you're feeling content, fulfilled, and healthy, you're, and, and, and you describe what you will be doing to feel that way. And then you come back to today and say, oh, what can I do? What do I need to develop to have that day? And then instead of, you know, fighting the current uh, challenges, to fight them from the future's perspective, to submit so from, okay, I'm fighting this now, but how can I do, what can I do that will make my dream come true, my future day come true, and at the same time will get me to the next and make a next step and then the next step and then the next step mm -hmm. and something so beautiful about that is that you're not pushing 
your days. You're not pushing yourself or your life or anything. Something else, that future perspective is actually pulling you. And it feels exactly. like there's that nicer flow, right, in your actions in your daily life. Yeah. So you have the pull and push of the future. Okay. So there is parts that are pushed and, and that is also necessary. And there is parts that are pulled towards. But how do you, let's say, how can you be pulled if you don't know where you're going? You talked about the GPS earlier on. It's not for nothing that people call me Tom Tom, the health navigator, uh, mm -hmm. uh, the GPS. Uh, you, you, need to have a, you need to have a clearer idea of the future so that you can align your decisions, choice, and actions. If you don't know where you're going, how can you make decisions? How can you make choices? On what do you base these decisions, choices, and actions if you don't know where you're going? So that's when people end up going in circles because mm -hmm. they don't know where they're going. And they're saying just, well, Kesra, whatever will be, will be. Well, that doesn't work anymore. That time has come and gone. Absolutely. And now you need to focus. If mm -hmm. you want to be ready, for, if people that are in job situations have concretely, have you actually thought about your job in the next five to 10 years time? Will it still exist? Do you think it will be automated or not? Go to replacedbyrobot.org and have a look um, if your job will be automated or not. Because today, if you're looking from, hey, I want to be content, fulfilled, and happy, and suddenly you realize that your job is being automated, then I can guarantee you when it is that you will not be content, fulfilled, and healthy. Yeah, that you'll probably be very distressed. Now, well, you can prevent that distressing moment by today, looking it up from what is actually going to happen and to start to reskill yourself. Mm -hmm. And I just think that last argument right now is just very crucial for people who are still doubting. Should I make a vision? Should I think about my future? Yes. Because like you said, that's, you know, how are you living your life if you don't have that future destination, that future in mind to move towards? So Super interesting. I think people are just going to get started with these three questions, self-coach a bit, reach out to us if you need support. And just, uh, Tom, where can people find more about you? Where can people get Futurize Yourself? Yeah, well, easy website. That's for futurizeyourself.com. <laughs> uh, so people that are watching this, I'll put on my thing again, if I can do it. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't really want to work. That is strange. Anyway, futurizeyourself.com. By the way, this is my shop. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I am now. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, um, anyway, or on LinkedIn. So just put in Tom Myers, um, osteopath or futurist, and then people will definitely be able to find me uh, okay. there. Perfect. Thank you so much, Tom, for this talk. This is really good for people who just are caught up in these daily stressors, not thinking about their future. This is why you should do it. And this is how you should do it. Right. So thank exactly. you so much for being on the Healthy High Achievers podcast. It was a real pleasure. And thank you for inviting me again. Of course. See you. Take care.
Bye. Bye, everyone. Dear Achievers, I hope you liked this episode. If you did, please subscribe and share with your friends, anyone who needs to hear this. You're super welcome to join us at healthyhighachievers.community as well. See you there.